You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is episode number 972. And who do we have an exciting one planned for you? Bo Burlingham is our guest for this segment. Bo is the author of Finish Big, which is his latest book, as well as Small Giants and other books, which we're going to be talking about. He's also the editor-at-large of Inc. Magazine. As I said, he's the author of five books, the most recent being... Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. I've invited Bo to share his insights into how entrepreneurs can create highly valuable companies. Bo, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. It's good to be here, Rich. It's an honor to uh, ha- have you on the platform, thank- sir. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I've been very much looking forward to this conversation. I've been talking with it with the members of our CEO peer groups here in Southern California for some time. Let's start simply Tell our audience a little bit about your background and experience. In other words, how did you get to this point of being the author of five business books, Bo? Well, I guess you should, you you can start it uh, when I began to when when I started at Inc., which was in 1983, early 1983, and uh, um, I had been working at Fidelity for Fidelity Investments for the year before. And uh, I got and Inc was in Boston, and I was recruited to go there to be a senior editor. And then about six months later, I became the executive editor, hmm. and I w- I was the executive editor for most of the 1990s. The editor in chief was George Gendron, and <clears throat> Bernie Goldhirsch, who was the founder, was around, and uh, it was it was really an extremely exciting time to be writing about entrepreneurship because it was like a whole new world was opening up before us. Right. I mean, uh, you know, you you may remember, Rick, that there there was a time when it wasn't a compliment to call <laughs> somebody an entrepreneur. It was sort of an insult. Yeah, kind of derogatory. Yeah, exactly. And that was beginning to change in the early 1980s. I think uh, part of it, you know, was Ronald Reagan frankly, um, who celebrated entrepreneurship. I don't think most people knew what he was talking about when he did. Uh, I like to think that Inc. played a role in that. Uh, But I think mainly what it was was that you had these companies emerging that were changing the world, and uh, most of which are now household names, like and, and their leaders. And I was just lucky to be in a situation where I could uh, get to know these companies and their leaders when they were still pretty young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Steve Jobs and Apple and Bill Gates and Microsoft and, uh, you know, I can just go down, Tom Stenberg at Staples, uh, Ben & Jerry at Ben & Jerry's, Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield at Ben & Jerry's, sure. uh, Von Chouinard at Patagonia, you know, it just went on and on, and we were writing about these companies as they were, you know, today they're household names, but but back then they were just beginning to emerge, and uh, it was it, and and they were changing the world. We could see it because we were writing about them. We were looking at them. We could see how the world was changing, even though I think uh, the attention of most of the business media and certainly the mass media was elsewhere at that time, sure. but. 
we could see it beginning to happen. And of course, it was it was the start of what I like to think of as the entrepreneurial revolution. Excellent. And and you were there with, with a seat in the front row, weren't you? And we're talking with Bo Burlingham. I, yeah, I, I was there, and yeah, and it was it was great. I had some I had a lot of great experiences, and uh, everything that I was involved in there had had, had a profound effect on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really my career as a book writer uh, began after I had been there for about eight years or so and uh, I uh, I had met we had written an article about this interesting company in Springfield, Missouri mm-hmm. which um, was actually doing these crazy things I mean they were uh, they were a company an engine remanufacturing company which is basically a glorified uh, job shop right and but they were they, they were teaching everybody in the business you know, including about 150 people, exactly how to read an income statement, how to read a balance sheet, and how to understand exactly what was going on in the business. And I thought that was uh, very interesting. And one thing led to another, and I wound up spending a lot of time out in Springfield and writing two books (coughs) with the pioneer of what's now what we call now open book management. Sure. Jack, Jack Stack. Uh, first book was called The Great Game of Business. And, you know, that, that that became a very successful book. In fact, we were honored a few years ago when the, these, uh, <coughs> the, the founders of uh, 800 CEO wrote a book called The 100 Best Business Books of All Time, and The Great Game of Business was one of the books in it. And then I did another one with him called A Stake in the Outcome. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote Small Giants. Then I've been doing a column with Norm Brodsky in Inc. for the lot, for more than 20 years now. And Norm and I did a book called The Knack, but which is now available in paperback as Street Smarts. And then, then I wrote uh, Finish Big, which was a very eye-opening experience for me. I think I learned as much from that book as from anything else I ever did because it gave me a whole different perspective on business. You, you know, you, you've written... Uh, so the audience of the Critical Mass radio show and podcast are largely CEOs and business owners and executives in firms with revenue, you know, from about $5 million to 50 to $75 million. Probably top end is $100 million. And so it is really right. what, what I consider the lower middle market companies and and these are outstanding organizations and so you've really in my opinion bo you've spent a lot of your career analyzing and looking at companies that kind of fit right into that revenue size from a personal perspective what is it about those kind of companies that you profile in small giants etc that you find so inspirational and worthy of kind of you doing research and writing about them well, initially, I think, it, you know, they were, in the 1980s, uh, the predictions had been before the 1980s that there was going to be massive unemployment because, for various reasons. And, in fact, the opposite happened. The Fortune 500 companies lost a lot of jobs, but overall employment went up, and it went up because of those companies. 
because of those uh, mid-market companies who were creating jobs like crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that was it. That was part of it. And then I just found, I mean, there were other things, which is when you looked around at innovation, where was the innovation happening? Who was responsible for the innovation? And it was all these sort of small, growing companies. And uh, and then on top of that, uh, I got to know a lot of these companies really well. well. And they had a vision of the future, which I found very inspiring. And uh, I had a lot of opportunity to study them, work with them, get to know them. And uh, it was it was very rewarding for me. I I just I, I learned so much from these people, and you know, basically, my job, of course, I, I was always writing for the for people in that market, in your market, frankly, Rick. Um, they 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 were the readers of Ink Magazine. That that's who we were writing for. Right. And uh, I got a great deal. Of, I found it interesting to to um, learn about these companies, learn what they were doing, learn some of the innovative things that they were doing, and also trying to understand what it is about the way entrepreneurs think that uh, leads to this economic success, not just for them individually, but for the society as a, as a whole. It, it became clear to me that, in fact, a lot of the best things that would happen in American society were happening because of what entrepreneurs were doing. Exactly. We're talking with Bo Burlingham. He is our guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Bo, we have to take a short uh, break here on the podcast. We're going to come sure. back, and I'd like to use the next segment to talk about your latest book, Finish Big, Uh, And so, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in less than a minute here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast with Bo Burlingham after these words from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guests' websites whose CEOs have appeared on our radio show podcast. You know, since we started doing this in 2009, our shows reached several hundred thousand listeners through our live stream here on octalkradio.net and our podcast. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, in your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly show. All right, let's return to our interview with Bo Burlingham. We're going to be talking about his latest book, which is titled Finish Big. So, Bo, with all the work that you've done with middle market firms, what was your reason or what are your reasons for writing this book at this time? Well, it was interesting. I mean, I'd, I'd been at Inc. 
uh, for about 30 years uh, when I started work on it and uh, or you know going on 30 years and we had never we never wrote about the end of the uh, journey everything was on the focus on the startup and, or growth and uh, then I, I do this column with Norm Brodsky in in the magazine and uh, Norm surprised me one day when he came back from a conference and he said he decided to sell his business I said well that's what we should be writing about in our column mm. and he said sure why not now I suppose in retrospect we could probably you and I could probably come up with a lot of reasons why not to do it but we decided to go ahead with it and it really developed a life of its own and one of the things that happened was that our readers were absolutely fascinated to hear about what Norm was going through as he was uh, deciding whether or not to sell this company, which he'd been running at that point for, I guess, about 25 years or, or more, and uh, a company that he'd started in in the late 1970s, 1979, and uh, so we, we went on with this for a long time, and it was it actually turned out to be a great story. At, he, he was sort of agonizing over whether or not to um, to go through with this deal. Mm-hmm. And and at one point, we asked readers if they had any advice for him, <sighs> and we were just we were just deluged right. with emails from people, almost all of them saying, "Go for it, Norm. <laughs> go ahead." <laughs> And uh, fi- finally, Norm decided yes, okay, he was gonna he was gonna do it. And the editor of the magazine, by that point, this was like a big deal, so she put it on the cover. And uh, you know, Norm, with big picture of Norm, and then Norm decides to sell. And uh, about two or three weeks later, I called up Norm to figure out what was the next column we were going to do. And he said to me, "Guess what? I'm not selling." and uh i said wait a minute we just told you know all of our you know however many readers it is six hundred and fifty thousand or more that you were selling and he told me the story about why he had decided not to go through with it at least with these people Hmm. he was still he was still going to do it but something had come up which led him to feel that he really couldn't trust these people and they'd made a lot of commitments in terms of how they were going to treat uh, his employees after the sale and he realized that the decision maker in all of this was somebody who he really couldn't trust to follow through on those promises so we, you know in the, in the end he, we, we, that was you know up until that point we'd been writing monthly about what was going on. Eventually, he did sell a majority stake in the company to somebody else, but we didn't write about that in real time. We wrote about that afterwards. <laughs> but but the thing, the thing, I was just overwhelmed with the response of readers to this series. And uh, I talked to my publisher, and he said, I, I said, you know, there's, there's really this tremendous curiosity about out there about what is it like to sort of go through the process of selling a company Mm -hmm. and I I said I thought there might be a good book in there and he said yeah go ahead go for it so I began doing research and one of the things I found was that 
Well, there's lots written about selling selling your business and making sure you get as much money for it as possible. There's almost nothing, there was almost nothing about what the experience was, mm-hmm. what, what actually people went through. So it became clear to me that that's what this book should be about. And in particular, the thing that really struck me was that I went out and I, I wound up doing somewhere between 100 and 150 interviews. And I would say, in the end, in my experience, about half of them were people who, at the end of the process, were reasonably happy. And the other half were people who were totally miserable. Wow. They were filled, filled with regrets, uh, wish they hadn't sold. And I said, okay, well, that's what I'm going to write about. Actually, I've since learned when I talk to other people who know this uh, area even better than I do that, in fact, the number is more like 70% to 30%, that basically 70% of people are unhappy afterwards Mm. and 30% are happy. So I don't know what the exact numbers are. But I decided, okay, that's what my book should be about. It should be about the difference between what's different between the ones who wind up being happy at the end of the process and those who don't. And, you know, I went about writing it that way, and I have to say that as I, uh, that this was like one of the most educational processes that I went th- I've been through in my entire time writing about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, and that really the process of writing about this subject forced me to really change a lot of ideas that I had hmm. about what the whole business building uh, business building is about and what the entrepreneurial experience is about. So, um, so since we have so many business owners who are probably eager to know, Bo, from your research, <laughs> what um, what is it or is it that you write about in Finish Big, how great entrepreneurs exit their companies on top? What's the difference between those that exit on top and you know the 30% that exit on top and the 70% who are miserable with the transaction? Well, I decided, I realized that there were a couple of things. Actually, there were a couple of things. I think most of us, you know, the big, the big difference is that uh, is, has to do with the amount of time you give yourself to prepare for this. And most people don't give themselves anywhere near enough time uh-huh. to go through it. But one thing I realized was that, you know, the whole way we think about entrepreneurship, it's sort of like, you know, we talk it in terms of business building as if it's sort of a construction project, the object of which is to build a great company. But the more I got into this, the more I realized that, in fact, um, that's the wrong metaphor. Hmm. That the, the right metaphor is that uh, building a business is a journey. And like every journey, it has a beginning and a middle and an end. Okay. And the uh, end isn't when you build a great company. That's the middle. The end is when you leave that company. Mm. And um, and the other thing that I realized was that I think most of us think the exit is sort of an event that happens at some point. And I began to realize that it's not an event. It's a phase of the business. And, you know, you have the startup phase, you have the growth phase, and you have the um, exit phase 
and that there are actually four stages to it. Uh, the first stage is what I call the exploratory stage. That's where you're just educating yourself about what the different possibilities are. Uh, the second stage is the strategic stage, and that's when you're actually sort of building into your company the, the, the qualities that are going to give you the kind of options that you want to have at the end. The third stage is what most of us think of as the exit. That sort of begins when you call up, you know, you tell your lawyer or your accountant or you call up a business broker right. to, uh, and, and it ends with the deal. Um, and then what everybody forgets about is the fourth stage, which is, you know, if you're, if you're a broker or you're a private equity person or you're a investment banker, you know, everything, it ends with the deal, but not for the entrepreneur. For the entrepreneur, that's actually beginning of, of the fourth phase, hmm. which is the transition. That's where you go from being the king of your, you know, the head of your kingdom or your your realm, at any rate, because I spoke <laughs> as well, um, to, you know, being somebody whose phone calls don't get returned. Um, and... Uh, that can be an extremely jarring experience and is an extremely jarring experience for lots of people. Nobody talks about it beforehand. And so most people sort of wind up in that situation totally unprepared. They haven't been prepared by their advisors. You know, um, nobody's really talked to, to them about, you know, what lies ahead. And that can take people, you know, quite a long time to, figure out how to move beyond that and to actually, you know, because basically, you know, you've still got a life to live and uh, you've got a lot to, um, to a, lo a lot to give mm -hmm. and you somehow you have to figure out how after having spent, you know, probably most of your life uh, working on building a business what do you do when you, when that business suddenly isn't around anymore? Right. And, you know, how do you find purpose in your life? Because um, there, there are certain things that we get out of business that I think most people aren't necessarily aware of. You know, most important is sort of a sense of identity about who you are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, companies are. A sense of purpose about why you're doing what you're doing, a sense of... You know, the tribe, uh, the people you see every day, you know, a sense of structure, sort of one thing business does is that it tells you what's the next thing you need to do. <laughs> and, you know, if you suddenly are in a situation where you've had all these things and suddenly you don't have them anymore, it can be extremely disorienting. I would think. As you could imagine. Yes. And, 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 and basically, the people who wind up happy figure out a way to get through that period and find something on the other side. Hmm. And what I decided was that when I looked around at the people that had good exits, the thing they'd all ha they all had in common, a lot of them were spending their lives uh, helping other entrepreneurs. I mean, Norm spends a huge amount of his time basically doing pro bono consulting for younger entrepreneurs. And um, I, I realized that um, 
and and that's where they they sort of get their sense of purpose back by helping other people. Mm-hmm. And 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 that got me thinking about you know what happens in business. In business is really all about service. At, at the very least, you're serving your customers because if you aren't, your <laughs> your business is not going to be very successful. Right, you won't be around. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably. Uh, serving your family for many people they're serving their employees you know and and uh, there's this it's sort of built into what business is and that basically the people I've, I've found who wind up happiest at the end of the process have found some way to um, you know to keep on serving other people that's interesting you know, Bo, I see my engineers telling me that we're about wrapping up here for this uh, edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. We're, you know, I wish we had more time because there's so many other questions that I wanted to get to about your latest book. If someone would like to learn more about your books and buy maybe the latest book, how do they? Where would you suggest they go to do that, Bo? Well, I have I've, I do have a website. It's boburlingham.com. And uh, you can go there, and, and, and there's a bunch of stuff on the website about the book. Um, we, we can even uh, arrange to uh, send out a chapter, if that's what you'd like. Sure. Um, uh, you know, it's also available, you know, in all the usual places. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Barnes Noble. Yeah. Right. That's right. excellent. And so... It's it's out there and available, um, but you know, I think that the the most important thing is to get started thinking about this whole issue uh, at an early stage. And I, I guess the function of my book, more than anything, is to just tell a lot of stories so that people who are about who are going to you know everybody every entrepreneur eventually exits their business one way or another. You may exit feet first. Right. On you're going to exit. Best on your own terms, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, so well, I, I think it's important to, to start early, yeah. I, I wish I had more time with you today. As a matter of fact, I'd like to uh, make that offer that uh, if, if and when you're in Southern California, Orange County specifically, would love to have you in the studio to continue this conversation. I appreciate... Uh, you being a friend of the program, and I want to welcome you officially here to the Critical Mass for Business community. I'll be pointing people to this podcast when it's available on iTunes and Stitcher uh, here tomorrow morning, okay? I'd be delighted, Rick. It's uh, a great pleasure and an honor, actually, to be on your show. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that, and I love the work that you're doing in service of the middle market companies. It's where my heart is as well, Bo, and so I enjoy all of the work that you're doing, so please continue to write books, and and I look forward to reading them in the future. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, 
and Haley Cern. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you're listening to us on the live stream, then stay tuned because at the top of the hour, we have Phil Kessler, who will be uh, our guest. He's with Arrow Marketing Company, and I hope you're listening to us live. And Marnie Swedgeberg will be back on the show. She's International Leadership Mentor. She'll be on the show uh, later. If you're listening to this as a podcast, click over to episode number 973. That'll be Phil's episode, and 974 will be Marnie's. Uh, on behalf of uh, everyone here at Critical Mass Radio Show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction you have been listening to critical mass radio show business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to ceos who are leading middle market companies with your host richard franzi 